You're listening to The J. John Podcast, a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to give you confidence in your faith and boldness to share it with others. This week, J. John concludes his series on the Ten Commandments with Live by Priorities, looking at the first commandment, you shall have no other gods. We're in a series on the Ten Commandments. We've looked at nine of the Ten Commandments and now we're looking at the final one, number one. If you've missed any of the commandments or want to watch them again, then go to God TV, to the website or to the app and you can watch them again. The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. We read in Exodus chapter 20 verse 2, I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods before me. I believe that the number one commandment has the number one position because it is the most important. The principle of this commandment is that God gets first place in our lives. The first commandment begins with our relationship with God. Our relationship with God affects our relationships with other people. And because God is the creator of the entire universe, he is not going to play second fiddle to anything else. God longs for us to seek him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, and with all our mind. God is basically saying, show me your love, demonstrate your commitment by putting me first. Think of your life like a car. And using that analogy, to be a Christian means Christ is in the car of your life. And if Christ is not in your life, he's not in the car of your life, And today, why don't you invite Christ into your life? For many of us, Christ is already in our lives. He's already in the car of our lives. Okay, work with me with this analogy. Where is he in the car of your life? You drive your car to church, unlock the boot, get Jesus out for a religious happy hour, and then you put him back in the boot, Is he on the back seat? A bit of a passenger. Is he on the front passenger seat? Bit of a companion. Or is he in the driving seat? Now for all those of you that thought, yeah, he's in the driving seat. One more question. Are you a back seat driver? The car gets to a crossroads, Jesus turns left. Where are you going? It gets to another crossroads, Jesus turns right. Why are you going down there? It's very easy to say, Jesus is in my life. Jesus is in the driving seat. But is he? Loving God means that having made him number one in our lives, we constantly reaffirm that decision, checking to see if he still is number one. And to do that, we have to be aware of the competition for his place and make a choice. 
How do we give God first place in our lives, practically speaking? Where and how? Well, here are five areas in our lives that God wants us to have priority. And I'm going to use the letters that make up the word first, F-I-R-S-T. Number one, put God first in our F, finances. When the Israelites reached the promised land, they were faced with temptations associated with having endless possessions. The Bible records, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. Failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God. Sometimes our self-indulgence can suffocate our love for God. And perhaps the reason why so many people have a love affair with money and possessions is because they don't have a relationship with God. How we spend our money reveals what is important. If God is first place in our finances, it's a good sign that God is first place in our life. So principle one, put God first in your finances. Principle two, F-I, put God first in your interests. That includes career, hobbies and recreation. And you can tell a lot about people's priorities by what they get excited over. It's really interesting, isn't it? That when you go to a sports match and you jump up and down and you shout and you cheer, you're called a fan. But isn't it interesting that if you go to church and you clap and you jump up and down and you worship, you're called a fanatic. What do you like to think about the most? What do you like to read about the most? What do you like to do the most? What is it that you like to talk about? The Bible says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. In other words, to approach our interests with gratitude, because if it were not for God, we would have nothing. Put God first in our finances, F. Put God first in our interests, I. Thirdly, put God first in our relationships. 
if Jesus is number one in my wife's life and Jesus is number one in my life, then Jesus isn't going to fight Jesus. Put God first in our relationships. If we love God, we must act justly and stand up against public opinion. The early disciples said, we must obey God rather than people. In the Old Testament, there's a lovely story in the book of Daniel that encourages us when we are faced with trials and tests. And it says this, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the image when you hear the sound of all kinds of music? If you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, good. But if you do not worship it, you'll be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand. Their answer was very simple. They said, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So they were thrown into the burning furnace. Now, they did not know how God would deliver them. Deliver them from the king, deliver them from the furnace, whether they would actually die and enter into the presence of God or whether God would miraculously rescue them. But he did. He rescued them in the burning furnace. And Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego saw a divine miracle. Later, Nebuchadnezzar looked up to heaven and he said, my sanity returned. And I praised and worshipped the Most High and honoured the one who lives forever. What an encouraging story. Instead of do our own thing, let's do God's thing. Put God first in our finances. Put God first in our interests. Put God first in our relationships. F-I-R-S. Fourthly, put God first in our schedule. We can get so busy that we can forget God. Putting God first, not just on a Sunday. Imagine me saying to my wife, Killy, uh, I've decided to be faithful to you one day a week. Partial faithfulness is no faithfulness at all. Putting God first doesn't just mean putting God first on a Sunday and tuning into a service. 
just on a Sunday or going to church just on a Sunday. God says, I want to be part of your daily schedule. How do we do that? Well, we actually do make appointments with God like we would with anybody else and establish a regular habit of time alone with God. King David said, I will pray morning, noon and night. It's like he scheduled it in the middle of everything else that he was doing. I will tune in to God morning, noon and night. How important that is. Otherwise, days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, months turn into years. And we wake up one day and realise, hey, I've not really been tuning into God daily, not just on Sunday. Imagine if I was going to fast from Monday to Saturday and then eat everything on a Sunday. That's going to give me serious indigestion. Spiritual food on a Sunday is not a sufficient diet for the rest of the week. So establish this habit of regular prayer, Bible reading, worship and teaching. If we prayed as much as we worry, we would have much less to worry about. Prayer does not need proof, it needs practice. Put God first in your finances. Put God first in your interests. Put God first in your relationships. Put God first in your schedule. F-I-R-S-T, put God first in your troubles. We all encounter problems and crises. When everything falls apart and we are being pulled apart, who do we turn to first? Who do we lean on? Put God first in every area of your life, including the trials of life. And when you have nothing left but God, you realise that God is enough. When it's dark, you can see the stars. Let's look at Jesus during the dark times because he is the light. Five practical areas in putting God first in our life. F finances, I, interests, R, relationships, S, schedule, T, troubles. To keep this commandment is, as Jesus said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. In other words, see everything from his point of view. Make God's will our guide to light our path and our goal and objective to give God honour. It is to put God first in thought, in word and deed, in business and in leisure, 
in friendships and career, in the use of our treasure, our time and our talents, technology at work and at home. In this, the first commandment, we are brought back to the basic of basics. Choosing Christ always means making a choice that excludes every other possibility. And if we are willing to have no other gods, we can have God, the creator of the entire universe. What place does Jesus have in your life? Have you been giving Jesus less than first place in your life? Have you been running away from Jesus? How would you feel if Christ gave you the same amount of time and attention that you devote to him? If Jesus put as many things ahead of you as you put ahead of him? If Jesus withheld his blessings from us as we withhold our offerings from him? Do we love Jesus only half-heartedly or wholeheartedly? What Jesus requires is unadulterated allegiance that we should respond in love to him because of his great love for us. The choice is ours. How long will you feel you have enough of Jesus to be religious, but not enough to change? How long will you say Christ is Lord, yet make it obvious that many other things rate ahead of him? St. Augustine wrote this, Christ is not valued at all, unless he be valued above all. Christ is not Lord at all, unless he is Lord of all. Our response to the first commandment is to nurture a loving, faithful relationship with Jesus Christ. Loving Jesus Christ gives us a greater capacity to love other people. To some people, Jesus is nothing. To other people, he is something. And then there are other people and Jesus is everything. For me and my wife, Killy, Jesus is everything. Will you put Christ in the driving seat of the car of your life? If you haven't received Jesus, please would you receive Jesus today? Welcome Jesus into your life. Welcome him into the driving seat. This is the Jesus who died on a cross, 
who shed his blood for you and for me. Why? Because we broke all of his commandments. We have sinned, we have trespassed. And it, and it works like an overdraft in a bank account. But Jesus died on the cross as if to offer us a check to clear the overdraft so that you and I could be forgiven from the past, liberated, set free and experience new life. Why? Because God puts his spirit into us and empowers us with his presence and his peace so that we're transformed and therefore our behavior is transformed, our attitudes are transformed, our actions are transformed and we have a hope for the future. In a world without hope, in a world with hopelessness, we have hope. Will you invite him in? If you haven't invited him in, invite him now. Maybe you did way back, but you got distracted, diverted, derailed. You're tuned in now. God's on your case. He's getting your attention. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I know I have broken your commandments. I know I have sinned. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. I ask you now to cleanse me, set me free from the past. I invite you into the driving seat of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with the power of your Spirit, the presence of your Spirit, and the peace of your Spirit. Help me from this day on to build my life on you. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Amen. A prayer for you. Lord Jesus, I pray now and I announce and I pronounce upon everybody that prayed that prayer, that they will know the truth and the reality of that prayer. They'd know your cleansing. They'd know your presence. They'd know your peace and power and protection. Help them to build their lives on you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well done to those of you that prayed that prayer and keep on keeping on. For all of us, as you listen today, do you feel that you need to reposition Jesus? Maybe he was in the boot, the trunk of the car. Maybe he's a passenger and you need to put him in the driving seat. Maybe you've been a backseat driver and today you need to recommit yourself to putting him first. If you want to do that, pray with me now. Lord Jesus, I know I have broken your commandments. I know I have sinned. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. I ask you to forgive me for breaking your commandments. Set me free from the past. I invite your Holy Spirit into my life. Come 
into the driving seat of my life. I choose this day to put you first in my life. I put you first in my finances. I put you first in my interests. I put you first in my relationships. I put you first in my schedule and I put you first in my troubles. Help me from this day on to fix my eyes on you, the author and the perfecter of my faith. And I pray this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well done for every one of you that prayed that prayer. And I pray now for God's blessing upon you, that you will know the truth of that prayer that you have prayed. If you're concerned about your health, just put your hand on your heart now and we will pray. Lord Jesus, we're asking you now as the great physician, as well as our saviour and redeemer, and we pray for your healing grace upon everyone who's tuned in now, wherever they are in the world, you know that their, their need and you know the healing that they need. And we pray now in the name of Jesus, by the cross of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus for your healing. Put your healing balm, cleanse us from infection and disease, sickness and pain. Where there has been any kind of degeneration, we pray for regeneration and we pray for restoration. And we pray, Lord, grant us a tangible sign of your healing during these next few days. And we pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Keep praying. Keep praying, uh, push, pray until something happens. I hope this series has inspired you. I hope it's encouraged you. I hope it's reaffirmed God's commandments and principles uh, and values in your life. Um, look at our website, canonjjohn.com. I've written a book on the Ten Commandments. Uh, that It's like the textbook to the series. And I've written a book uh, about Jesus called Jesus Christ the Truth. There are other resources that uh, are free that you can access. Uh, look at our website. Um, follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Canon J. John. I pray God's blessing upon you. I pray the blessing of God, the Father who made you. I pray the blessing of God, the Son who died for you. And I pray the blessing of God, the Holy Spirit, be with you now and forevermore. Be blessed and be a blessing to others. 
Amen. To find out more about J. John's ministry or to get your copy of his book, The Ten Commandments, visit canonjjohn.com. If you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, please click subscribe and leave a review.